You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 160. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. On this episode, you'll meet Derek Chia and learn about his journey into public health from his childhood in Cameroon as the son of a nurse and police officer to his public health work as an epidemiologist for his local county public health agency here in the United States, which includes COVID-19 investigation. I want to tell you more about Derek in just a moment, but first, I'd just like to say thank you to Corey Pitt and read an awesome review that she recently submitted in Apple Podcasts. The subject is amazing podcasts for anyone in public health. And Corey wrote, as public health is such a broad and expansive field, it's easy to get discouraged when it comes to finding your niche. Dr. Huntley's podcast offers interviews with diverse health professionals from all areas of public health, and the conversations feature insights from their career journeys, how they started, and where they are today. I found this to be super helpful because it made me realize how nonlinear and exciting a public health career can be. This podcast made me feel less alone as I was an MPH student without a clue which direction I wanted to take my career when I first found this resource. Thank you, Dr. Huntley, for your work. Your content is truly an expander for students and professionals alike. Well, Corey, I really appreciate that. And I'm thrilled to know that the podcast has been such a valuable resource for you. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about my guest on this episode. Derek Chia is a public health epidemiologist for Ottawa County, Michigan, where he facilitates the collection, analysis, and interpretation of health-related data. Derek believes achieving health equity is heavily reliant on systemic data tracking and reporting to inform public health practice and policies. Over the years, Derek has acquired a diverse background in public health, beginning from his hometown in Cameroon, where he worked as a data manager with the Cameroon HIV Free Project, to working with both governmental and nonprofit organizations in the state of Michigan on efforts around health disparities, communicable diseases, and harm reduction. Derek holds a Bachelor's of Science in Earth Sciences and a Master of Public Health with emphasis in epidemiology. Derek is keen on continuously applying his expertise and diverse public health experience to close the disproportionate gaps in healthcare outcomes across disadvantaged communities. In his free time, Derek enjoys reading, playing or coaching sports, exploring the beauty of pure Michigan, good coffee, and good people. You're going to really enjoy the interview with Derek. But before I connect that interview, I'd like to share a very special announcement. Are you curious about public health consulting? Have you ever wondered what it's like? What do they do? How do consultants get started? Learn what it's like to be a public health consultant by attending the Expo. 
The Expo is an online event where a select panel of public health consultants and entrepreneurs who are passionate about the needs they address and the populations they serve come together and share their businesses. Attending the Expo is very affordable and convenient because it's available online. Learn about public health consulting from public health consultants who do it every day. Visit drchuntley.com and click on the Expo tab from the main menu to register and attend the Expo. Well, I'm happy to invite my guest for this episode, Derek Chia. Derek, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Huntley. It's a pleasure to be here today. I'm really, really happy to have you here. Um, And I'd love to, uh, I've got some great questions lined up for you. I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey. So let's just start with um, you telling us a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your background. Thank you. Um, Like I said, I'm really happy to be here today. Um, I was really honored when I got the invite to be on your podcast. And uh, I am Derek Chia, and uh, I am originally from Cameroon. Uh, For those who don't know, Cameroon is, and this is a tropical region, of course, with uh, just over 24 million people. And so um, I grew up in a rural area. So where we did a lot of subsistence farming, um, my family uh, grew up in that area. And uh, just more more background about Cameroon. Cameroon is uh, considered one of the less economically developed countries where uh, the leading causes of death, um, HIV, malaria, um, uh, lower respiratory infections. Uh, that's a country with a very low life expectancy with about uh, 57 years for males and 60 years for females and a pretty high infant mortality rate. So over nine times that here in the United States. And so, um, yeah, I did grow up in a house. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a police officer. So I would grow up with that, with that interest. I had an intersection between being a nurse and being a police officer. Not until I grew up and I found out about public health epidemiology. And I, you know, I found that intersection where, hey, I could actually be a detective and some healthcare person at the same time. So I did uh, go into the field of, uh, of public health epidemiology. And so um, that's really a brief uh, summary of my background. So I, uh, I actually uh, went to school undergrad for uh, environmental sciences and geology. And I got my uh, Bachelor of Science from the University of Boya, Cameroon. And then I moved over to uh, Grand Valley State University here in the state of Michigan, where I got a master in public health with an emphasis in epidemiology. And now I work in local public health as an epidemiologist. Uh, love your story. I was actually thinking when you said your mom was a nurse, your dad was a police officer, I was thinking, well, he's kind of combined those. And then you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Um, oh, this is great. I, uh, I know we were talking a little bit before we started the official recording of how we've actually met twice, and I didn't even remember, um, but it's kind of <laughs> nice how we've crossed paths, because when I, when I, um, I found you actually through LinkedIn, um, your profile really caught my attention. I thought, oh, I'd love to have him on the podcast, and I just think it's kind of neat that those seeds were planted <laughs> A couple of years ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it is a small world. Yeah, it is a small yeah this world. is great. Oh, so tell me a little bit about, um, you said, you know, you discovered um, public health and then kind of had that transition into that. Do you remember the moment when you really decided that, you know, public health was oh, yeah. going yeah. to be your career choice? 
Yep. So, uh, like I said earlier, I actually went college for environmental sciences and geology. And uh, I feel like that was just me, like most of the undergraduate students we have today, trying to find, hey, what major, what do I want to major in? So switching majors, just trying to figure out what we think we would like. And so I just never knew public health as a thing. You know, I never knew that part of it. Just like I feel like if you ask most of the younger generation out there today, they would either say, hey, I want to be a physician or a nurse or a pilot. And uh, public health just doesn't uh, rank high in the marketing uh, the marketing environment. And so um, following uh, completion of uh, college, I had a degree in uh, environmental science and geology. But then um, prior to that, I would volunteer at the hospital where my mom worked. And so I kind of had that exposure to, uh, to clinical care. But then uh, in my mind, I'm like, that's just, just not my thing. You know, again, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in a, in a country where the leading causes of death are uh, infectious diseases where treatment is available. So we had therapeutic and vaccines and even non-pharmaceutical interventions. But then we still had very high rates of uh, infectious diseases. So this really caught my attention to say, hey, there's got to be something bigger. You know, I mean, I'm not playing down clinical care at all. But then I'm like, what can I do at a bigger level and just by passing that one-on-one and have a bigger impact on the population? And so uh, fortunately, I got a job as a data manager for uh, an HIV-free project back in Cameroon where we, we were hoping to decrease HIV transmission rates. And so I did uh, find a mentor in the course of that experience, who actually opened my eyes more into the field of public health and uh, just following readings and recommendations he made for me. I was able to learn more about public health. And then right away, you know, it just clicked in right away. Like, hey, you know, uh, that intersection of clinical care again and the numbers and you translating that to the population, I was like, that's it for me. And looking back today, I'm really thankful that um, I was able to make that connection. Mm, I like that. That's really good. And I think it's interesting that your story is kind of uh, familiar to me as I interview a lot of guests on the show. And I, I love to hear that part of, you know, the story when they describe how they became interested in public health as a career. And it's often where there is some event like that. And there's this, this sort of aha moment where there's this understanding right. of a bigger impact. And um, I'm really happy that you were able to have a good mentor to help, you know, further, um, I guess, kind of brighten the light a little bit and help you understand and and kind of pivot into something that you're really passionate about. Right, right. So how did your previous roles, like what you described there, how did, as a data manager, for example, but that one and maybe others, how did that help prepare you for the work that you're currently doing? Right. So, you know, that's a really really good question. And um, I mean, there's an endless list of of things I I can talk about here. But then, uh, like I talked about, finding a mentor at my previous job who really guided me into the position where I'm at today. And so I think my previous role really laid that ground for building partnerships, right? And even looking at the public health career overall, it's it's a field that is heavily reliant on partnerships because at some point you're always going to be working with some other person um, over some really cool projects. And so it really uh, gave me that ability to build mentorship and partners. Also, um, it just gave me that mindset of thinking in the framework of data. So um, if I if I can say even systems thinking, you know, how does this data point affect this down the road? You know, 
how do we measure outcomes for for different things so i'll use the data uh, manager example so in our program we had uh, we had a target it's called the 9090 goal one of the 9090 goals so making sure that at least 90% of people who visit the uh, health facility got tested for hiv 90% of them who uh, knew their results were placed on treatment and at least 90% of those placed on treatment had lower viral loads. So then in the role I was in, it was really um, one of my responsibilities to figure out different metrics that would reflect or that would measure this different target. So that really helped me think, think in that framework. Um, while in grad school too, or just during my training, um, I was exposed to an opportunity to have some really great internships. And I had some really great mentors at this at these places too. So again, um, you know, in local public health, it's uh, there's a variety of things you can do. You know, you can it starts from anywhere from disease surveillance to outbreak management to uh, assisting in writing vaccine policies. So there's just a broad variety of things in uh, in local public health. And just my past internships as well exposed me to some of those things. Um, I sat on community or boards of community organizations and um, just learned the local aspect of public health. And that, that really uh, gave me an upper hand in going into the field as a local public health guy, knowing, hey, this is what we face and having an idea at least of how to go about it. That's really, um, I, I can hear your heart for what you're doing. I can hear it when you speak about it. I know that um, I have several colleagues who work and are very passionate about working with the local you know, government, the local health departments, and really getting involved in communities. And there's a certain connection there that's really um, like no other. And it I probably just has that, I guess, the ability to really relate and get uh, really close with the community and feel that the impact that you're having. But um, definitely can hear that as you speak about it. Um, this is a great kind of segue because I wanted to know more. I know that you are really actively involved in frontline response with, with the pandemic, with COVID-19. And we have a lot of listeners on the podcast who are still students and uh, who have maybe not worked, maybe already graduated public health, have not worked in public health quite yet, but um, are really intrigued by the the various roles that we're playing, that people in public health are playing um, in response to COVID. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work that you do on the the local level and and some of the work, some of the activities that you know you've been a part of is in response to COVID. I think that's a really good question, and it's uh, obviously super relevant to the times we are living in right now. And so, um, at a local level, there's a lot we do in regards to um, public health and just uh, response for COVID-19. And so, uh, first off, we do a lot. Well, I'm going to backtrack here and just give you a full picture from maybe January to date. Okay. So the first thing here is staying informed, right? So our first case of COVID-19 here wasn't reported up until uh, mid-March. But then prior to then, so early uh, January, we would, you know, be on calls with the CDC, you know, be on state calls, participate with different jurisdictions and just hearing, getting updates from them and what they're seeing on the ground. And also just helping our own uh, local preparedness. And so that entails reading, staying up to date with guidance and all that, just so even when it does hit us, which it actually did, would be on a better place to, to respond. So that's just a uh, preparedness and planning phase. And so we did activate our incident command structure, which um, most people might be familiar with that already. It's just a more structured approach to uh, responding to 
or emergencies. And so um, under our ICA structure, we have different positions and uh, each person has a specific role they're doing and this really helps with efficiency. So as the data guy or the epidemiologist, I am, uh, have been in the data unit leader. And so most of the work I've been doing has been around just tracking our cases and contacts. So basically, uh, you would see maybe at the national level, the CDC would report the number of cases, the states reported out the number of cases, and uh, local health departments do that. And all of that data actually, most of the times, would be gathered at the local level. So we have case investigators who I work very closely with, who uh, contact each case and gather more information and try to, to tell the story of COVID within that jurisdiction. And then we then share this data with our state partners and national partners who then, you know, paint the national picture of this outbreak. So I do a lot of the data tracking for our cases and contacts. So knowing who is infected, where they're infected, and potentially um, why or how they got infected. And so, uh, again, that's just the fundamental principles of EPI. And so um, we also look closely at some different performance metrics just for uh, process improvement because we want to keep getting better on a daily basis on our COVID response. And with COVID especially, we've seen that time is of the essence. So we keep looking at our processes, say, hey, you know, how do we get better? And we uh, do our best to use a data-driven approach. And most of those things and uh, indicators and metrics, I think that I'm tracking every day to see how we're getting better. And um, another important role that I feel like we must mention, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic where um, we've seen or heard of a lot of misinformation. You know, we've heard of the things people believe in, which doesn't really uh, reflect science. And so we here at the health department, we also fight very actively to counter misinformation. So looking at the data and working with our public information team to convey the data in a simple and understanding way uh, to the public. I mean, we're in a place where we're serving the public and uh, we really want to make sure they're able to get this data we are seeing in an easy and digestible way. And so those are just some of the things we've been doing here about COVID. And, you know, COVID has been changing a lot. And so we've been flexible as well, just coming in every day, making sure we're up to date with recent news around the world look at the best approach, best practices, and the best science out there to continue this response. That's a great summary. And um, thank you for kind of guiding us through that. Um, there's so much. Uh, I'd love to ask you about that, but we've already been covering so much. I think I'll just ask one more question right. before we kind of <laughs> move away from that. All right. um, and we hadn't really kind of prepped for this, but, you know, I was just thinking about as you were describing, you know, the work that you're doing and I'm thinking about all the skills that are important because I've been talking a lot with clients that come to me about trying to get experience in public health and the things that are important and building skill sets that are transferable, things that can help you stand out along with your degree. And I'm listening to you describe all of the work um, that you've been doing uh, specifically regarding the COVID response. And I see where, you know, of course, good communication skills, both written and spoken communication skills, good organization skills can really go a long way right. with the type of work that you're doing. Um, are you finding that to be true just here lately, last few months? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, COVID is obviously new to us. And um, I tell people, you know, what I've learned within the last seven to eight months, I think without COVID, it would have probably taken me even over two years to learn this, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
some of those skills you talked about. So good communication skills that's very important both within the team and uh, to the general public. Because um, again, we see all this data. We all have different levels of understanding. How do you really convey this in a meaningful way to to people? You know, and so uh, good organizational skills. Like I said, there's times when we see different guidance documents from the CDC and the WHO, and then sometimes we really need to put this together and translate it to what we're seeing on the ground and how to implement it on the ground. Um, in addition to that, there's a lot more skills too. And again, some of those things we learn in grad school as well, like data management, it's a really, it's a, it's a really big one. Because uh, again, for COVID, it, it's posed a challenge for us where we, uh, most of our data systems nationally, I can say we're not really, uh, might not have been super updated to what we would want it to be ideally, right? So making right. the making the best of what we have to manage this data and uh, manage the security, most importantly, and the integrity of this data. So that that's a big one as well. And you know, overall, just uh, you know, for me, what has also really helped me a lot is just that teamwork, that flexibility. And so even prior to COVID, it's just something I've always tried to do, just improving myself and on my skills. Like you know, there's tons of free resources out there where I would go and keep learning, oh, there's this new uh, this new syntax for data analysis for SAS or R or whatever. I would just go out there and just, just being, staying inquisitive, uh, just always trying to constantly develop yourself. And so those those are just some of the skills that have really um, turned out to be super handy for me for me right now. Yeah, that's really a good point because there are a lot of resources and I think that um, this is absolutely a time where people should invest in um, using those those resources. Like, I like that you mentioned like the syntax with, I know there's so many for R especially, um, and it just requires you to dig in a little bit. And uh, I think this is a great example of where it's really worth it. So if right. you can develop a skill, really fine tune that skill set with some of the freely available resources, then it just gives you an advantage. Right, right. Uh, Great, great. Um, well, I appreciate that. And I am going to, um, let's shift over a little bit and talk about, um, I mentioned earlier that I have a, um, there are a lot of different types of people that listen to the podcast. Some are professionals who are just interested in keeping up. But I do have a lot of students who are working on their degree in public health and, of course, wanting to get career, getting their career started in public health. And then I have a group who have recently graduated, but just have had trouble getting into the field. So those are the two primary groups. So let's think about the first, the group of students, um, because there's sometimes resources available as a student that you don't have access to once you've graduated. So do you have some some tips or advice for current students enrolled in degree programs um, in public health? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is a really great question, I think. Because uh, I would say students right now, this is one of those shots, those perfect shots you have at proving yourself, right? At gathering all the skills, making all the connections. So once you're ready to hit the public health workforce, um, you're, you're super confident. And so uh, I'll just talk about some of the things that worked for me that I think would work for most of the students today. And some of these are actually lessons that I learned from some of my mentors, right? And so, for example, you know, I think connecting with mentors is a really strong one. So 
first of all, know what you want to do, know your interest in public health and find someone who's in that, in that area. How do we connect with mentors? That can be a good question. So we can expand our professional network. Like you said, you reached out to me on LinkedIn to be here today. And I think that was really easy. That was almost, uh, that's almost effortless to do nowadays where everything is at our fingertips. Um, you know, back in the day when conferences were still a thing and hopefully those can be a thing uh, eventually, <laughs> you would meet people at conferences. Again, you and I, we've met at conferences about two times now. That's right. Right. Meet at conferences, yeah. exchange business cards, you know, follow up emails to identify yourself. Hey, I'm this person, you know, we met here and this are my interest and uh, can you point me to this? Can you, you know, just clearly express your interest and connect with people and be flexible. And like I also mentioned earlier, um, continuous self-development is one thing too. So while you're a student, you probably have free subscription to this library or that library and all these different resources. And, and that's really powerful, you know, that um, you get those for free. And so um, you can go online. There's going to be free programming tools. Um, there's free um, entries or access to journals where you can read and stay up to date with recent um, events and uh, publications. I would say internships too are really, really important. Like I said earlier, working in local public health today um, is something that I knew that I wanted to do. Why? Uh, mainly because I did have an internship earlier on in my in my uh, graduate school experience as a, as a public health intern at another public health department. So internships are that opportunity where you look at it and you're like, hey, I think this is really my jam. This is something I, I see myself doing. I, I'm happy with this, right? And um, your internship experience can also be one of those where you're like, hey, actually, I'm really not feeling this. I'm probably going to go and try something else. And so connect at that level. Uh, try to get as many internship experiences as possible. Fellowships, tons of them out there on the CDC's website and uh, other, other organizations. Job shadowing is a very important one, too, if you're thinking about it or you wonder what a day-to-day -day activity in, in an epidemiologist's life looks like. You can reach out to them, I feel like. Uh, public health career overall, most of our public health professionals um, are very open to job shadowing and mentoring uh, younger folks who are interested in that field. One other important thing is really uh, um, active membership in professional organizations. So APHA, so the American Public Health Association, for example, has a student section. Uh, the Most of these organizations, the student chapters typically have uh, student rates, so it, it will be cheaper. And so uh, joining those are very important. The, the CSTE, so the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists, they do have a student chapter, I believe. And so um, these are some really good resources where you connect with uh, other professionals and um, it's always useful. I've never seen where any of those efforts harm you. You know, the worst that could happen is, well, you might not use them, but then you have those, those, those skills and those connections in there where if you ever need those resources, you can pull them right over back. I love I love those um those tips all of them. I think that um you reminded me of something especially with the last one you mentioned about the associations and the student you know you often will have very you know, greatly reduced price as a student member or free um uh, access to some of these associations and I remember joining as many as I could and it's a great way to explore at a much lower cost. And then once you've graduated, you have a good idea of the ones that you want to continue with 
because you'll kind of graduate to the regular price. And just like you said earlier with with internships, you learn what you like and don't like. And the same thing with associations. There are going to be some that you will decide that, oh, I definitely can't do without this. And then there'll be others that you just, just, you know, you move away from. So it's a great chance to explore them um, at the free or reduced cost before you have to spend the full price to decide that you don't like them. (laughs) Right, right. And just one... (laughs) One more plug in there I'm going to put in there. Again, we are in an era of technology, right? So I think a podcast like this one we are on right now, and, you know, there's other really great podcasts out there too. We're just listening to it, listening to other professionals, what they're doing on a day-to-day life, uh, listening to new updates and groundbreaking uh, research in public health can also really be a great resource to students and early career professionals. Oh, I, I agree. I like that too, because uh, there are so many, especially even since I've been podcasting, when I first started, there weren't as many sort of conversational style. They were more research-based. But since I've been podcasting, there are many that are under the umbrella of public health and they're very conversational, you know, different aspects and niche groups right. in public health. Right. And um, thank you for adding. That's a great resource, a great tool to use to just kind of explore. Right. Um, so let's think about the graduates. So they're already out of school. They don't have access to the student discounts and some of these other things. Um, what kinds of, uh, I guess, tips would you have for anyone who has already completed a degree, but, you know, just facing challenges trying to get into the field of public health? Right. And so um, that's a really good question because I, I did find myself in that category just over a year ago where I was really trying to... Um, getting full-time into this into this work. And I would say just the advice I just stated earlier for current students, all of that is applicable to recent graduates as well. And um, one other important thing that I would really stress on for recent graduates is just flexibility, right? And so just having that understanding that, hey, uh, because I want to be, I have an MPH, for example, and you want to be the senior epidemiologist or this epi unit leader somewhere you've got to work your way up there right so i'm also a firm believer that you know everyone has their route in life you know and so um, with all that said um there's going to be a process so having a strategic plan you know organizations do have your strategic plans and all that as an individual as a recent graduate have your strategic plans hey where do i see myself in the next five years for example you know what are the different routes I can take to get there? So just that flexibility to knowing, hey, I can actually start by uh, getting a fellowship here and just strengthening my skill set in this, or I can start at this other position and you know look at what what avenues are there for career growth to grow into the to move into this other this other position. But um, also, I would just want to encourage the recent graduates out there and um, just looking at the public health workforce right now, we have a lot of really great, highly skilled professionals who have been doing this work for decades and they're approaching retirement, right? And so um, there's actually forecasts of uh, pretty substantial increases in uh, the public health, in demand for the public health workforce. So I think there's a promising future uh, out there. And I would say really just, uh, constantly working on uh, improving your skill set, um, building those partnerships, and just being open-minded and flexible to different experiences. I think that's really going to be helpful in breaking into this uh, career. I think that's excellent advice. I think that's that's really great. Um, I agree with you. And um, 
especially like uh, you talk about the the outcome, the or the outlook. You know, it seems bright, and there are a lot of opportunities, and and also it, that may also point to a good um, maybe resource for a mentor is look for those more senior professionals who are looking to retire soon, because often they are happy to mentor anyone who is willing to listen and learn. Right. Um, and those may be some really good opportunities. Um, I certainly have used that route myself. Right. And it's a very, um, they're very valuable resources. So right. thank you for all of all the information. Um, thank you for taking the time and meeting with me and for all that you've been sharing on this episode. This has really been uh, it's been great for me to get to hear, you know, your story and to learn so much from you. And I'm sure the audience has enjoyed it as well. So thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hundley. It's a great pleasure to be here today. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I'd like to thank Derek for coming on the podcast and sharing his public health career journey, as well as those great career tips for everyone as well. If you'd like to connect with Derek, then just visit the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 160, and you'll find the links to connect with him there. So go to drchuntley.com and click on podcast from the main menu, and from there, just navigate to episode 160. If you are enjoying these podcast episodes, then please take a moment and write a favorable review in Apple Podcasts. Your review will help our show rank higher on the charts in iTunes, and it makes it much easier for others to find our show as well. Thanks in advance. I really do appreciate your effort. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.